Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. On today's episode, I'm going to take a look at NWA Power. Um, it's been a while since I watched an NWA show. Or in, you know, I, I think the last time I watched the whatever that pay-per-view was when uh, Trevor Murdoch beat Nick Aldis for the title. Um, and I believe their uh, uh, women's show before it, there's like one night was the women's show and then the next night was the the NWA pay-per-view. And it was like, you know, at one price for both or, you know, so I watched that. Mostly I watched it, support the women's show because Devin Malenko was on there, I was supporting her. And and yeah, at the time, NWA was still somewhat interesting with Nick Aldis as NWA champion. and But uh, it's been a while since I watched it and I wanted to kind of go back and take a look and review um the show and and i try to remember the last like i think that was the last show i watched that pay for you so anyway power um when it debuted i think 2019 it was a very you know entertaining show it had a very uh nice nostalgia feel to it the old studio wrestling. I really liked that studio. And um, I think it was Georgia where they filmed it at. Um, really slick looking studio. Uh, I like the risers. You can see the crowd and the, and the risers. And they had a pretty decent studio crowd there. And they were loud and they were vocal. And um, a lot of my friends who um, I would say mostly casual fans, um, actually checked it out because I think they debuted on YouTube if I remember correctly so they kind of tuned in and a lot of people that kind of remember uh, wrestling from the past kind of like enjoyed the nostalgia and I think that's what they were going for that's what their their niche was right it was like and they had some good talent Nick Aldis uh, Ricky Starks was on there early on uh, Nick Aldis I think that first episode I think he opened up the first episode in a suit in a world title because, you know, he looked like a champion, uh, and it cut a hell of a promo. And, uh, you know, like you got some little positive vibes about the NWA. And then, then I started seeing results. You know, Nick Aldis leaves, and he started talking about his frustrations with the company. And uh, I, th- I believe I was on the In The Click podcast with Baby Huey. We were talking about that, because Baby Huey and I were both fans of the NWA power and what they were doing, and... We enjoyed the nostalgia feel of uh, the studio wrestling um, look. And he's younger than me and never really watched any kind of studio wrestling. But he really enjoyed that, you know. And and for a, a fan that didn't watch studio wrestling and, and getting the concept, I thought that was... I thought that was very cool that, you know, so that that NBA was onto something there. But then, of course, Nick Aldis' contract ran out and there's some issue. And I, at first I thought maybe it was work, but then I guess it's not because he hasn't been back. I'm surprised he hasn't shown up in either WWE or AW. I think AW could use Nick Aldis. Um, but from Nick Aldis' interviews, I feel like he's kind of angling to, uh, Go to WWE, and I think that will be a reality. I, I can definitely see WWE signing Nick Aldis for NXT Europe brand. Um, and you know, Nick Aldis has been in the in the game for a very long time, and um, I think with Triple H 
and head of creative. I don't think age is really a factor. And I can see WWE sign him. I don't want to see him there. And I think he deserves that moment to wrestle in these really big crowds and and stuff. And I think if I'm doing NXT uh, Europe, he's one I want on there, you know, to be on the debut episode and a feature talent on that brand. Um, so for taking on podcast, I was looking for something to watch, something to cover. And I thought, you know what? Let's check out NWA power. It just so happens on this, on the day I watched this March, March 7th, they just dropped a new episode. So I perfect, perfect. So let's, let's take a look at this March 7th episode of NWA power. Um, it's a real quick watch. It's not even an hour. Um, I, I think it was like 38 minutes long and maybe a little more. Um, I saw the show before that same thing. Um, you know, a little over 40 minutes, I believe. So it's a very, very, very quick watch, but it's a tough watch. I mean, this was a tough one. And first the studio didn't have the pop of the original studio that I remember. The crowd is much smaller and they, they clap. Um, they make a noise here and there, but almost like they're, you finally feel like, are these people held hostage and they have to watch these damn shows or, or they just plants and I'm looking at the people's faces as they're watching some of the stuff and they're just, there's just like confusion and like, why did I waste my day watching this stuff? Cause this wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, the opening match was Trevor Murdoch versus a man named Beast Mode. Never seen Beast Mode in my life. Um, but he's a giant. He's seven foot three. Comes out. Um, looks like he's gear looks like, you know, hand me downs from uh Big Daddy Cool, Glenn Jacobs. And also, Glenn Jacobs gave him a version of the cane mask as well. But this mask that he's wearing is just a black mask. You can't even see the detail on it. Like, it looks like it might be cool, but it's just black and doesn't look like anything special. So I looked up Beast Mode to find out who he was. I'd never seen him before. Seven foot three guy. You think you would, you think you would, uh, see him more. In other places, but it's not like giants really mean anything anymore these days. There's so many of them out there. Most of them aren't good. But Beast Mode, his real name is Peter John Ramos. He's and he's a former bas- professional basketball player. Um, he actually played for the Washington Wizards in two thousand in the two thousand four two thousand five season and playing like six games. Uh, like I said, he's a legit seven foot three. Um, he went to pro wrestling and made his debut in the World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, twenty twenty. He is very green. I mean, very green. Um, Trevor Mark did his best with with him, and and Beast Mode had just no charisma, no body language. I mean, when he when Beast Mode whipped Trevor Murdoch from corner to corner, just nothing. Nope, it's just no body language. Just stiff as a board. Just Sends him in, and no animation. Just here you go. And Murdoch did a great, did his best to, you know, hit that turnbuckle hard, take a bump down, and really trying to get over this guy is just 
a giant monster, but Beast Mode is just doing nothing. I couldn't, he's not even animating nothing. He's just he's just a statue in there. Um, and again, Murak's doing his best to really get over the the power of Beast Mode, and people are they're looking at him and they might be in awe of the size, but he's not making you believe he's anything special or he's a, he's a killer or he's dangerous. And he think it's, you can just see this guy has just doesn't have any clue right now. He's very green. Honestly, shouldn't even be on television. Um, he does a lot more work. Uh, a wrestler named Daisy kill who looked like a combination of Brian Pillman and Van Hammer. Um, more, more more Van Hammer than Brian Pillman came out and just attacked Trevor Murdoch. And there's a disqualification. And the heels just beat up Trevor Murdoch leaving the ring. No one came out to check on Murdoch. No referees, no officials, not even any other baby faces. And this got zero reaction from the audience. It was quiet. And because no one believed this, no one, no one, no one just like this, I don't, this crowd was, like I said, weird. I felt like they were hostages. I felt like they were, they were held against their will to watch this wrestling show and please make noise here and there if you can. But this match couldn't get, no matter how hard Trevor Murdoch tried, and he's a good worker, he just couldn't do anything with this guy. Um, beast mode, like I said, they, before I put him back on TV, you got to put him, you know, you got to work with him and have him do some indies and work on stuff. And maybe he is, but man, I mean, put him in some veterans that can kind of lead him and show him that what to do. But I, I think you see the seven foot three and like, oh man, seven foot three. But he just looks clueless out there. It looks like he's never even seen wrestling before. That's all. That's how bad he was. Uh, the commentators on the show are Joe Galley, who I think is pretty underrated. I think I, I don't mind him. Um, I think he's pretty solid. Uh, Velvet Sky with her ASMR commentary. She talks like this and uh-huh, you know. And Tim Storm, who's, you know, fine in his uh, uh, roles of veteran um, color commentator. I don't understand why Velvet Sky is there other than... Uh, you know, she's attractive. I don't think she adds anything to commentary. Um, I didn't cover on, on this show. I almost covered, you know, I wasn't, I, didn't, I kind of watched the show previously to kind of see stuff leading into this show. And there was a match where some guy named VHS and <laughs> his uh, gimmick was a be kind of you one. They said VHS is wrestling. I forget who he wrestled. I think it was an EC3 or something. And, like 20 minutes i felt like they were just talking about like the glory days of vhs t- tapes on commentary and tape trading and going to the video st- store as this match is going on but it just wasn't uh i don't know she doesn't really you know she goes it's velvet time like what does that mean you know um i i just don't know what she, she's not wrestling anymore i don't know what she i don't know what you do with her really um maybe uh, interviewer, but they already have an interviewer May, in uh, May Valentine, who's eh, she's you know, better than when I first saw her on the NWA Power debut, but not by much. She's kind of more of a character now, and 
something with Aaron Stevens, but yeah, it's, uh, but her, the Velvet Sky tone, it's so, it's like, if you ever seen those ASMR clips on YouTube with the lady talking about stuff and quietly and, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And baby Hugh and I would just always laugh about Velvet Sky's commentary. Uh, match number two was EC3 with Black G's versus uh, Dante Smiley. Uh, before the match, Black G's, who's a manager, and EC3 got to uh, go into the interview area. Uh, Black G's and EC3 entered into a partnership. EC3 represented the Create Your Narrative group. And so there's that. I mean, <laughs> just funny to me that they're promoting this create narrative group as like some outsider group i mean they did nothing you know they did nothing but and it's just a weird heel group um ec3 basically dominated this match with dante uh smiley made a nice little comeback um including doing a big double big jumping double stomp which i thought was too much for a guy you're gonna beat you know like i know you want to give the guy something but I think it's a little too big, you know. I would have cut that, um, cut that out, and again, a more dominant win. I don't want to see EC3 flat on his back for basically just a job guy here. I mean, Smiley has a good, he's a good looking athlete, and but it has well, another guy with just zero charisma, just out there could do some stuff, but just I, you know, didn't see anything that just made him stand out. Um, there was an interview with the NWA TV champion Thomas Latimer. Um, he put over his, uh, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or just wife now, Camille's pay-per-view opponent, um, La Rosa Negra. But, you know, said Camille will defeat her. And, and f- you know, he's the NBA TV champion. He wants the NBA world title, which is cool. You know, they, they, you should always, the guy's moving up, no matter the championship, wants should want the big title, right? So, Latimer's good looking at it. I like Latimer. I thought um, they had... Something there um, when they had um, the group Strictly Business with uh, Nick Aldis, uh, Thomas Latimer, and Camille. I thought there was definitely uh, a big money match for NWA, you know, as big as for NWA, but you know, the Thomas Latimer versus Nick Aldis for the title. But I, and I think they did something later on, but that was already after the fact and when it, when it meant, didn't mean as much. But, um, uh, Ladders is a good good athlete. Um so yeah, it was it was it was a fine promo. Next up was a Sinister Minister and Taya Valkyrie promo. Uh, building up a match between Taya Valkyrie and Maxine Paylor for uh for either the finals of the NBA TV women's TV title tournament or a qualifying match for the TV title tournament. Um, they didn't really clarify what it was, but um I don't think NBA really needs to create a women's TV title. Do they have that much women, that many women on the roster that could, um, that could support two titles? I don't even think so, right? Like, so I, I just think that's just create a belt to create a belt. It's like another, you know, Billy Corgan and Tony Gunn have so much in common. I think when it comes to that, and you don't need, you don't need a women's. They have women's tag team titles in this promotion as well, like. They got three women's belts for, and you have an hour show. Uh, I know they do another show 
called NWSA, which was that's another hour. So we're gonna fit all these people in here, right? But they're trying something. They're trying to do something here. But I don't know. I think women's title, singles belt, world title is fine. And I don't think you really need a tag team title for the women's because the roster is so small when it comes to their division. There was a Medusa promo. Um, in her interview, she, you know, she is she was the one responsible for introducing the NWA Women's TV title, so we can blame her. Um, uh, I guess apparently Medusa is the NWA USA commissioner, so that's why she created the title because she believes in equality. I guess because there's a men's TV title, there has to be a women's TV title. A guy named Chris Silvio Esquire um, is upset. That he and his goons are uh, not getting as much opportunities in NWA. So, um, not much here. Uh, Chris Silvio Esquire didn't really stand out to me. Kind of seemed like a fake guy, fake manager, possibly wrestler. I don't know. But it just was kind of a a very awkward segment um, that Medusa did her best to make important. But it just didn't come off as as. Anything good here is pretty bad. Uh, match number three was a hair versus mask match between Gags the Gimp versus Sal the Pal with James Mitchell. Wow. I remember uh, Nick All was talking about how the philosophy changed in NWA, what he was trying to do and how he was trying to create interest and the old school you know, builds and the, you know, building up classic wrestling feuds and matches that people want to see. And when it's stuff like this, and I think he, he particularly mentioned a character like Gags the Gimp. And I agree with him. Like, this was horrible. I don't understand who this is for. What Who is this storyline for? I feel like it's only for one man. It's recording. Like, he gets a kick out of it. But this audience is just... Looking at this, there's this poor lady in the front row with just like sour look on her face because it was sour watching these guys. And the story is these guys are tag team partners in the stable with James Mitchell, but they, but James Mitchell wants them to fight each other. And why? I have no idea, but it's a punishment for both men. And there's a stip on this, of course, the hair from Sal the Pal versus the mask from Gags the Gimp. And they were working hard and being very physical. Guys, the gimp kind of takes some wacky bumps, and but it's just the gimmick is so stupid and it's so offensive, and and it just doesn't work. And who got their haircut? Who got the or did gag? Did Sal get his haircut or did get gags the gimp unmask? No, these guys both got counted out. It's a so no one gags and takes his mask off. Sal the pal didn't get his hair. It was the one of the biggest screw jobs I've ever seen. It got zero reaction, and all it did was give a black eye to anybody. Because how can you believe this promotion? They're going to come through with these these stipulations that they do, even as as stupid as this match was. Like, if you're going to do this, like deliver a, a Sal losing hair or. Or the gimp losing his mask. I can't believe I just said that. But really, really embarrassing stuff here. And I can see why anybody has zero buzz right now. 
Zero buzz. Um, their NWA world champion right now is Tyrus, the former Brodus Clay in WWE. And man, this guy. I don't understand why they made this guy a world champion. I mean, who wants to see Brodus Clay or Tyrus at this point? He can't move. He can barely give up when he goes down. You know, his, the wrestling has never been his strong point. His, his, his strong point was his unique freakish look. Big old head, big body, big arms. You know, not muscular arms, just a big, wide man. And and as an NBA champion, though, Every once in a while, I'll see the little advertisement on Fight TV, like, oh, order the NWA pay-per-view, and I just see Tyrus on it. And I'm like, well, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, why would I pay money, no matter what it is? If it was even five bucks, I wouldn't pay five bucks to see Tyrus as in a main event. What a ripoff. Like, NWA and and even Impact Wrestling, I would say, like, they still book these old guys that don't mean jack shit right now. I'm sorry. I, you know, like, if it's a veteran, even they don't mean anything but a solid veteran that can kind of help get people over, I get it. Like a rhino who understands what to do out there and knows his place and knows, you know, I, I you know, a rhino's a good guy having a car. He's going to do his best to put someone over. But a Tyrus? Come on. You're asking people to shell out money to see Tyrus as your world champion? I just don't get it. I think the NBA needs to concentrate on finding those diamonds in the rough, those young stars that they can push and feature. And granted, if they get over here, these old, these younger stars, they you know, with the way the money situation is, and they they, they might leave, and you know to WWE or AEW or even Impact Wrestling. But, I mean, that's just a risk you have to take. But I, at least get people interested in some, something new and something fresh. And if you're worried about, oh, if I just get these young stars and we get them over, they're just going to go to WWE or AEW anyways. Like, but you just keep working. You keep searching for new stars and keep it up, you know, like, you, know, you may have a, a young kid that's shining through and it's going to go, but yeah, he's probably going to go to WWE and like after the whatever year contract you sign him or AEW. But you just continue to find more guys like that. It continue, you know, it continue to freshen up your cars. But again, how can you, as a company, you say, hey guys, buy this pay per view? We have Tyrus as a world champion. I just can't see it. I I I I would want to ask so many people like a survey. Like, would you pay money to see this guy wrestle? I bet most of them would be no. I think ninety nine point nine percent will be no. There might be that one person who's a member of Tyrus's family that says, "Yeah, I want to see Tyrus wrestle," but it's just it's just embarrassing. Um, he wasn't even on the show, and I just was just like. <laughs> Dumbfounded, like that guy. Still can't believe that he is the NWA's world champion. I just can't believe it. Uh, there's a prom- uh, promo from Ashley 
Dion Voice, the Voice, and Kenzie Page, you know, hyping up their match next week, another women's TV tournament match, I think it is, and this is okay. Kenzie Page is, I remember her, how she started out, she's definitely upped her look, she's got herself a great shape, uh, I think she has something, I think she's a, some really good potential in her, for sure. Uh, Ashley Dion Boas, she has a good look, but this, on her end, it just felt like she's reciting lines, I didn't believe her. Yeah, she's doing her best. She's throwing some French out there and, and you know, try, trying to be a little different. But it still felt like her just mem- memorizing lines and it didn't feel real. Kenzie Page, same thing, but she has a little toot on her that I was into. and um, But, yeah, I mean, this might be an interesting matchup to check out next week. But I don't think I can make it next week after what I watched on this show. Um, next up was another promo. Blunt Froze Trauma, who was uh, Rodney Mack and Marche Rocket under Black Mass, all out of doom in 1989. Um, it was a quick thing. didn't see much. Um, May Valentine, the, uh, the, the interviewer, is somehow associated with these guys and Something happened with her wedding with Aaron Stevens, and she apologizes for what happened at the at the wedding, and it just uh, it was so goofy that I think Marshall Rocket was sitting there and he's doing his best to hold back laughter. Right, Running back did a great job, just looking mean and nasty, but Rocket was just trying to it was nearly coming undone, and it it just was a goofy. Um. I love Doom in nineteen eighty in nineteen ninety, but mostly personally in nineteen ninety when they took the masks off, and so hopefully that happens here and they can have the same kind of success. But um, um, you know, Roddy Max, decent worker, been around for a very long time, but I don't think he's Butch Reed or Ron Simmons. So, um, but I hope they uh, hope they do well. The main event was the NBA's World Champion Camille. Versus Ruthie J. Uh, Ruthie J. Shows that math. Listen, showed show some some fire, some heart hitting offense, some uh, just some charisma. Uh, she had a really beautiful drop kick, uh, really beautiful. Uh, at one point, <laughs> Camille clothesline her, and Ruthie bumped back at her back on the bottom rope. That was a suck big time. Uh, There's a moment when uh, Camille was in the corner on her butt. And Ruthie was on the outside on the apron, and she like vaults in up and over in, and just brings in the double knees. Think, uh, I want to say like Naito's spring in leg kick thing that he does, and the guy's in a seating position in the corner. Something similar, but this is double knees, and these knees go right into Camille's face, right in her nose. Bam! And it just she was not in a good mood. Um, but Ruthie, you know, kept the, the kept it very physical, and uh, it was interesting, I guess. Um, but eventually, Camille won the spear. Camille has a, a really good look, but she's still very, very green, and um, she definitely shows some improvement since I first saw her in the NWA. But, but um, 
but she needs a she needs to go somewhere else at this point. I would think I know she signed a a deal with the NBA. I don't know how long it is, but you know, it's it's time for her to go to WWE or or AEW and I think she'd be uh good on either show. Um so and I think Camille especially for her would benefit greatly for being in the WWE system. I think she's kind of perfect for what they like and um, I think, you know, she's. I think she would do a good job in that system. So I kind of, kind of want to see her in the WWE in the future. Uh, but AEW, they need some fresh women out there, you know. So she definitely could help out there. And Ruzi J had something. I think she has some potential there. There's definitely a uh, big time upside with her, and I want to see more of her. I liked her. Like I said, I really liked her aggressiveness. Like she just kept going at it, you know, like. You know, Camille didn't turn her face. That's on her. She got hit in the knees, <laughs> right in the fucking face with his knees. And she let, didn't let up, man. She kept it going. So Camille won with the spear, and that was it. So did this ignite my interest in the NWA prod again? No, it didn't. It was a pretty, pretty blah, blah, blah show, um, a very poor show. Uh, that hair versus mask matching gags a gimp and Sal the pal was just absolutely embarrassing. Um, again, I don't know the goal of the NWA. I don't know Billy Corgan's goal. Like, is it to get TV, you know, or 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 is this just his own little fantasy project? A little he loves wrestling for a little long, and he has some money to to. You know, play with live action figures, you know. Um, I don't see this moves being made to really like, man, they, they're, he's trying to get past just being on the YouTube or, uh, you know, he's trying to get himself on talent. I don't see like him acquiring the talent for that. How, how can you go to other than maybe Fox News? Cause that's what Tyrus has a show on there. Who's going to put this show on there? On their network, you know, it's not a visually uh, impressive show. It looks very minor league, very low rent. You got maybe 25 people there, you know, watching this show. And they're, like I said, they they act like they're being held hostage and or some kind of like version of Squid Game. Like they got to watch this. They don't, if they can hang, they won't die. I mean, it's just, just very, very bad. And I was watching this kind of like I said, I watched the previous episode, just kind of see where things are going at. And there's like this, I mean, Bully Ray's on this show. I know he's on Impact Wrestling stuff, but Bully Ray's out there, Matt Cardona, uh, Mike Knox, old Mike Knox from WWE's out there. And that was a weird situation. It's a Mike Knox versus, um, uh, who was it? Is it Dick Murdoch? No, sorry, Trevor Murdoch. No, sorry, sorry. Mike Knox from Bully Ray. That was the main event of the show previous. And Mike Knox comes in before the bell, starts beating on Bully Ray. You know, he's, and Mike Knox, he looks good. Bully Ray's selling really well. And he's just beating the tar out of Bully Ray. He's choking him with a chain and all this stuff. And... 
fully ready, starts making a comeback <laughs> on, on Mike Knox. And then Matt Cardona shows up and, you know, interferes and they double team Bully Ray. And then, you know, Mike Knox goes a powerbomb Bully Ray through the ta- through a table. And my, Matt Cardona is giving Mike Knox the, the business verbally. And also, Mike Knox just gets pissed and chokes out Matt Cardona through the table. He's had enough of the verbal abuse that they're saying of Matt Cardona. And then he just kind of like tells Bully Ray, here you go. Here you go. Go ahead and kick his ass. I'll step aside. And like, it's just a weird thing. You went from a ch- jumping Bully Ray for the bell to choking him with a chain that you brought in the ring to all of a sudden being like, yeah, we're cool, you know, and. Just a really wacky show this is. And it makes no damn sense. And like I said, there's nothing that really I could see that's like, you know, I want to stick around and see what's going to happen next. Um, like I said, Tyrus, NWA World Champion, just makes you not want to spend the money on it. You know, so this is kind of a shorter kind of, you know, it's, you know take NWA Power on the longest show. So it's not, you know. I didn't really get, I didn't think this was going to go an hour, but this was going to be power. And uh, probably another year or so until I check out another episode because I will watch a new episode of Anime Power if I see that Tyrus has lost the title. Because right now, Tyrus as world champion makes me have zero interest in the product. So, um, I don't think I'm not I'm not alone with alone, you know, on this. So thanks everyone for listening to Take On Podcast. I apologize for some sniffles and stuff. I am dealing with the head cold. So um I hope you uh still enjoyed this episode. And um if there's any other sh- promotions you want me to watch, check out and review on Take On Podcast, let me know. Um if you have any other comments, hit me up on Twitter at LaRockaJL. Love talking to talking to y'all about the podcast. And uh I'll see you next week. Be safe. Take care.